Support for Jeff Needs Sports is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners today. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code JHUNT. That's capital J-H-U-N-T at manscaped.com. Hey, welcome back to Jeff Neat Sports, everybody. Um, thanks for listening. If you're first time, thanks for joining us. If you're a returner, uh, we appreciate all the love. So uh, this, this today's episode is all about the the two 2021 quarterbacks uh, in in general. Now I've got a fellow member of the Off the Ball Network on here to join me. I got Thaddeus Bell. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. So you, you're from the uh, the Brown and Bell Hour. Um, if anybody knows Jelani, what the game needs to me, you guys teamed up and you do a, a great weekly show. Um, and you're you're kind of you're kind of new to the network, and we're happy to have you. And I'm glad to have you on to to do a show with you today, man. This is exciting. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, man. Ready to talk some ball. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> so you know, a little a little behind the scenes information in our chat room, we discuss quarterbacks a lot out there uh we've got an off the ball chat room that's always going 24 hours a day honestly 24 hours a day talk a lot of quarterbacks or whatever uh i did some shows not too long ago you know thad hits me up and he's like oh, i'd love you know i'd love to talk quarterbacks anytime they talk quarterbacks so finally we're getting together to to get everything out of the way the draft is you know coming up really really soon so uh, we're going to go over his draft rankings, his ratings, you know, what he thinks of some of the drama. And then also uh, we're going to talk, discuss some of the new faces in the NFL and guys moving around and stuff. So that's what today's show is going to be. So so uh, we're going to kick it off, man. Uh, I'll, let, let me uh, let's show everybody. We'll just start with the uh, 2021 quarterback draft class. Uh, and uh, this is Thad's rankings right here. So. Those of you not watching and listening, uh, we got Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, number one. We got Justin Fields out of Ohio State at number two. We got Zach Wilson out of BYU, number three. We got Trey Lance from North Dakota State, number four. We got Mac Jones out of Alabama, number five. We got Davis Mills from Stanford at number six. At number seven, we got Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. And then rounding out the top eight that we're going to discuss a little bit today, we got Kyle Trask out of Florida. So uh, this is your class, man. So one of the one of the first questions I have out of many is what out, out of the overall class, how do you feel how good it is historically? You'll never know until they actually get on the field and perform. But for now, off of eye test and what I've seen over the past two to three years, I'd give them a B minus for oh, grade right. and a B B B B minus. There's a lot of potential. There's a lot of uh, future Hall of Famers they project, but we'll see. You know, we'll have to see. Uh, I could put it up there with 2004 with uh, maybe the Manning and Big Ben. Uh, 2012 with Russell Wilson, maybe Andrew Luck, Kirk Cousins. Or even going back to nineteen eighty-three with Elway, uh, Jim Kelly, and Dan Marino. So a lot those, are the, those are the top classes. So they have potential to be up there, but you know we'll never know. We'll never yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll know eventually. But uh, no, no, I I agree. When I when I first look at it, I try not to, you know, I try not to knee jerk, even though that's kind of my thing. I got a show called that. Yeah. But it's hard. It's hard not to look at this class and see. I think you you said the word potential. Uh, so much potential. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields alone are two of the two of the best 
uh, quarterbacks to come out of college football in a long time. They happen to be in the, it's these two are weird. We'll talk a little more about them, but how they came up essentially, you know, parallel. Yep, I know exactly about it. Yep. Oh yeah, I know. We'll get into that. So they're great. I mean, Zach Wilson, I may not be as high on him as other people, but I also admit that I don't break down a lot of BYU tape, uh, but people love him. Um, and most people, for the record, think he's going to. Actually, they don't just think he's going to. They've got him really penciled in at the Jets to two to where they're not even really discussing the top two picks anymore. I think we all think Lawrence is going one to Jacksonville. Uh, and then, uh, like, Trey Lance, unlimited potential. You know, he, cr- he checks every box that you would want in a modern NFL quarterback. But we know the problem. You know, played the level of competition. That's his thing. And I'll let you go down through these two here in a second. I'm just kind of kind of give an overview. Mac Jones, he's probably the one that bounces around people's list the most. Some guys have him, you know, at two or three. Uh, other people like me think that. So I'm like, I'll run this by. I'm a guy that I think if a quarterback isn't can't be a starter, uh, I I don't worry about drafting a quarterback very high um it, it, that's just how i am and mac jones is one of these guys that if i think he can't be an nfl starter then i i can't draft him in the first or second round based on that uh let's uh let's just let's, let's start there how, how do you feel about mac jones you've got him at five that's kind of where that's kind of how i feel uh just just kind of tell us why I like him, but it's a very, very small sample size. And like many, many of other people have said, he's played with superstars. Uh, first round alignment, first round receivers, a scheme where guys are running wide open. He's hitting them, given that he's accurate when needed to be, very accurate when needed to be. And his decision making is impeccable. But it's just a small sample size. I've never seen him in chaos, you know, in a bad situation. So I can't have him two or three like some other people have him. Uh, I, I like him. But, you know, I see more upside in Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. And I, they, Trey Lance has the same sample size. and He's playing with less talent, but he's going against lesser talent. But yeah, I that's, like, you know, it's, it's kind of tough. It's tough, but. Lance is a really tough one. Yeah, but I think long-term in the NFL, I, that's why I have him five. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. And what I see with Jones, and I, and I hate to be rude. I, I said this on Twitter, uh, you know, yesterday or the day before. I, I hate to judge a guy based on body type. That's fair because there's a lot of guys that can play that they don't look like they don't everybody can't be DK Metcalf, you know. But I just I worry about long term. And I said that about Burrow coming out last year. I, I understand what Burrow did, and I understand I'm not saying he I totally get why the Cincinnati drafts him number one, but can that body type hold up for I mean, right now we're talking NFL starters. You're talking 15 year career. Uh, you know, it's and that's not an exaggeration anymore. And I wonder, you know, just physically, can they hold up for that long in the NFL long, long enough to give them a chance? Uh, we even saw Andrew Luck, who's a physical freak. Sometimes it just happens. So the thing about Jones is, yeah, you don't you don't have to be an option quarterback these days, but man, I need to see, I need to see like at least you know, Justin Herbert or somebody like that, I think kind of sets the sets the tone for the modern NFL quarterback. Mahomes is on a different level, but to an extreme, Patrick Mahomes to where if you can escape enough to avoid a few dangerous hits, you know, your career may last another three or four years. So Mac Jones, I simply just – I don't know if he's what you need. To, maybe he steps into a situation that's ready for him and a perfect offensive line and and receivers, but that's, that's rare in the NFL. Like very sure. – very few teams, and then that team's probably already got 
a quarterback. You know what I mean? I maybe I just I don't know where he fits in that he's going to have the chance to flourish like he did in Alabama. But that that's just me. I could be wrong about that. Uh, Trey Lance. Okay, I'll ask you. Is he the is he the best prospect we've seen come out of? It used to be division. You know. What one double A? I think it was one double A FCS. One it used to be, and yeah, now it's now it's the um, FCS or whatever. Do you feel that he's the best prospect to come out? I know we just had Carson Wentz three or four years ago, but uh, this Lance is this Lance is something, man. Is he is he the best we've seen out of that division? I think he's a little better than Carson coming out. Just he's very very raw. Like he has this very strong arm. He's a man amongst boys when you watch him yeah. on the film and then his highlight tape against those guys. So I think he'll stack up well in the NFL. And I just. He's very raw. Like, I think if developed by the right coach, you know, it's always about where you go. It's always about fit. Yes. That's that's one of the biggest things. So it's all about where he goes. But if he goes to the right system and is developed by the right quarterback guru or quarterback mind, uh, the sky's the limit. Like, and I mean that seriously. Uh, I agree. Because you, you wouldn't – a lot of people agree on it. You wouldn't – just because him playing on the FCS level would raise a lot of eyebrows, but a lot of people are saying the same things about him. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I at first I was like that, and then I really watched him play, and then of course he proved it. You know, with his with his pro day and stuff, like all the measurables are there. And then I thought to myself, well, it, it's it's no different than the NFL. You can take a quarterback. You're going to give him all. You're going to give him all the talent in in what he does with that. So there's no reason because okay. So it kind of goes reverse. You brought it up. You know, he plays FCS and he's playing with lesser talent and he's playing against lesser talent. So therefore, it's technically even talent. And he destroyed him. Just and we we can say the same thing about Zach Wilson. Um, you know, I don't he, he gets a lot of flack for his level of competition, but also he, the rest of his team isn't it's not like Ohio State to where the rest of his team's not going number one either. Yeah. And it's where you take a Justin Fields who literally had probably last year a total of four five NFL players on his offense, maybe six, seven. Um, so th the same argument can be made that he's got – Justin Fields had everything to succeed. Same with Trevor Lawrence. Um, so I, I, I think it's what you do in this situation that that, that means a lot. And I don't think – I don't think NFL teams really care. I think I think they know what they're seeing, um, honestly. Now, some of these guys that used to come out of like – I don't know uh, – Houston used to put out guys that put up six, 7,000 yards passing – and there, there were some flaws that didn't translate there. But I don't think this is the same situation. Um, Trey Lance's ability translates. Uh, if so, so real quick, I'll throw out Trey. I'll put you on the spot here on Trey Lance. You said if he goes to the right team, sky's the limit. You, in your mind, do you have a team that would be the best fit for him? I go Atlanta for his development, uh, and et cetera. But I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. I think the quarter. Uh, I think the Falcons need to go somewhere else besides quarterback. I think they need to address defense. But awesome. Smith system and sitting behind Matt Ryan for two years, I think, because Matt Ryan has a couple of good years left, could be pretty dangerous. And he already has the weapons. So Atlanta seems like the best spot for in a lot of these guys, and I and I see that where it makes sense. But then you know, guys like you also think they won't go that way. I haven't made up my mind that if there's that there might be that guy there because you know a lot of people. When all this started, a lot of people thought Justin Fields slides to Atlanta. Now, this was before the San Francisco trade, which I'll ask you about that here in a second, because that kind of really changed a lot of things as far as the way we were thinking. But for a while, it looked like Justin Fields could slide to Atlanta, and I don't know how they can pass him up. I mean, if there's a perfect quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, to me it's Justin Fields. But I don't know if that's going to happen. So 
we'll, we'll get to some of the other questions about your list here in a second. But as far as San Francisco moving up, in your opinion, who do you think they moved up to take? This is a tough one. It is. I think, I think it's Justin Fields, to be honest. But the guys Kyle Shanahan has worked with in the past, you know, it it makes me think that he's going to go Mac Jones. You know, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, uh, they're the same. They're really the same guy. You know, not very mobile, but very accurate. Not the strongest arm, but they make very, very smart decisions for the most yeah. part. It's really tough, but he could be going for Trey Lance as well. You You don't know because that West Coast system, Fitz, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. It's opinion. perfect. Both those guys are perfect. And now, and to me, for everything we already talked about with Lance, I go Fields there because I think it's just a little more of a uh, – you, you've already seen it. I don't necessarily think there's a big difference between the two quarterbacks other than we've seen what Justin Fields has done. And just like you said, game situations, under duress – uh, you know, injured with the pocket collapsing as to where Lance just hasn't got that chance. It's not his fault. But um, right, my gut feeling is still that they're going to take uh, Fields. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, our friend Stuart Brooking thinks it's Fields also. I think they're going to go Fields, but that really did change the draft uh, for sure. So, okay, so I'll go down some of the stuff that I actually prepared you for. So it, you got Lawrence at the top. So I'll assume that you think he's the best quarterback in this class. Um, I guess I'll just ask you just a, a few things about Trevor Lawrence. Oh, and so full disclosure, everybody, uh, Tad's a Jacksonville fan, so he's got stake in this. So what what do you see about Trevor Lawrence that – I guess I should ask first two-part question. How big is the gap between Trevor Lawrence and the next guy? And what do you see in Trevor Lawrence that makes you comfortable that he's the number one pick? I think the gap is not too big, but there's a there's a pretty decent gap. Like he's the clear cut number one, no discussion. Any team that had the number one pick would take him, and there would be no discussion. So that you know says that says everything right there. But I like his IQ, his intangibles, his leadership. You know, he's he's just been a winner everywhere he's gone, and he's always been. Well, we'll talk about the article later, but you know, he's just he has his, his mind set on one thing and he's accomplishing those goals every time. So I, I just like everything about him for the most part. He doesn't have to say much. Um, you know, I, I just think he's a winner and it's going to translate everything. He, all the traits you need in a franchise quarterback he has. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't have to worry about, he just got married too. So you don't have to worry about anything off the field for the most part. That's a big thing. I think That, that is, and you know, what's, what's funny about this class that you bring that up and, you know, obviously, a lot of things can be behind the scenes and stuff, but in general, this is a pretty quote unquote clean class. I mean, these all seem to be pretty, you know, uh, you know, straightforward, you know, decent guys, you know, this, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because that does factor in you want professionals and, you know, especially uh, Lawrence and fields had their chance, you know, in the preseason to, you know, open up and talk about wanting to play and all that. Um, they kind of proved their, you know, maturity, so to speak. I mean, Wilson's done nothing. Lance, I mean, everything you hear out of the kid's mouth, is, it just gets better and better, honestly. Right. Um, I'm sure he's just winning the interview rooms. Mac Jones has done nothing wrong. I, I honestly don't know much about uh, Davis Mills or Kellen Mond. Uh, I, I like Mond. He's a four-year starter. Um, so, obviously, he's kept his stuff together. He's He's got to be a leader. Uh, the team has to like him and things like that. So, that says a lot about him. Kyle Trask, I mean – the guy was never 
supposed to play quarterback at Florida. Things went his way, and now even even at worst, you know, he's definitely getting a shot in the NFL. Had one of the best seasons in college. So all these guys have personality traits that that bode well for the NFL level, which is just another reason why it's such a good class. You know, uh, heck of of all of them, I guess. Justin Fields is one of the younger ones, and you know he he still played two seasons. It's it's really impressive, honestly. Um, I hope it turns out this way, but we all know the success rate is not that high. So sadly, it's not. It's one of these. I say at least three of these guys on this list may turn out to be a bust. It's sad. I I hope the best, but I'm with you. It is, but you just know there's no way the eight quarterbacks are going to. There's not going to be eight quarterbacks from the 2021 draft class starting in a couple seasons. And it's how do you pick it? You know, what team do they go to? You know, all that. So, you know what? Let's jump into that. Another question that I put on there. I mean, you obviously think Lawrence is first. I, I, that's a no-brainer there. Uh, you, you have field second. Uh, I think a lot of people do. Zach Wilson's moved up. We'll talk about the, the Fields-Lawrence drama stuff here or shortly. So which one of these guys – I don't know how to put this. <laughs> Which one of these guys will get drafted and it will be a mistake for the team? Not where you have them, but where you think teams will draft them. Like like we talked about, Mac Jones of San Francisco stands out to yep. me. Uh, something like that. I mean, Which one of these guys will be – I hate to say a mistake, it's negative, but won't wind up in the best situation. Is that a softer way to put it? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Number one for me is Mac Jones going to it's, San Francisco. And I'm going to go back to him in a second, but two for me – it's not a specific team, but I don't think Kyle Trask is, is – I hear some talk about him going late in the first round, and I'm not I'm not a fan of that. I don't think he's going to pan out to be one of the best. I have him in number eight, but I don't think he's going to pan out to be a good NFL quarterback. But going back to Mac Jones in number three, I just think that's Jimmy G all over again. Um, you know, he's a little – he played very well in college, but like I stated earlier, he always had every, – everything was perfect around him. Receivers, protection, guys running wide open, uh, playing against – he always had the better team. Yeah. And the NFL is not going to be like that. There's going to be some days where the pocket's not clean. You can't have happy feet. You know, you got to keep your eyes down the field. You got to uh, stay composed. And we, we've we never seen that. So we don't know for Mac Jones. And that could happen. And he's, he, I, you know, he's a little bit like Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G is uh, a little more athletic than Mac Jones. So yeah. I don't know if he's going to be able to get away from pressure. How is he going to deal when he's getting hit and having to pick himself up, up off the ground 10 times a game? Like, yeah. that's my question. So I think I don't. I'm not – if he goes there, I don't think it's going to go as well. I think it's just going to be Jimmy G all over again. And, and so – and another thing that, that could, that's going to backfire – and I hate to pile on Mac Jones. I'm just not – I'm just – I think Kyle Trask, you touched on it, but I think people have him lower so we don't have to remind people. And I think Kyle Trask has all the same problems. Uh, mobility, you know, he needs a clean pocket. Think about Mac Jones. I went back and when I was, you know, doing all the breakdowns for the games and stuff this year because I do a high State podcast – uh, Mac Jones never got hit. He, he's never moved off his spot. He never had. He never really had to play under duress, like you said. And I think what can backfire is he's going to San Francisco. San Francisco is a team ready to win next year. They had they had a lot of injuries last year. They still played really well. Could have made the wild card. They're a really good team. Two years ago in the Super Bowl. So Mac Jones goes there. You don't draft him at three as a project. So you put him, you put him in there. He's automatically the starting quarterback on a at least playoff caliber team, if not a Super Bowl caliber team. Which that's also a different animal to to in your. So 
a couple say you know some of these you make a mistake for the New York Jets next year, it, it's you're probably going to get away with it because they're probably it's that one game is probably not going to cost them a season. As to where San Francisco can cost you a playoff spot, especially in the NFC West that is loaded right now. So I, that's another reason that I think that really puts Mac Jones in a in a tough situation. Whoever goes to San Francisco is in a tough situation, but I just think that's a bad spot for for Mac Jones who. Like we saw Justin Herbert, I go back to that. He he was able to fight through some growing pains last year because of his athletic ability and make some great plays and and put together a really good season. As to, I don't know if Jones can can do that, uh, and it may be too late. You don't want to get halfway through the season. He's taken you know fifteen sacks. He's banged up, and now you're trying to make a playoff run with a rookie who's who is shook. I know I'm putting a lot on Jones. I'm just that's just my thoughts on it. it sounds like you kind of kind of feel the same way. So, I do, especially with Herbert. I'll piggyback off that really quick. Herbert was just – I think he's more gifted. Like you said, more athletic, but his – he was playing with better weapons as well, I think, and his athletic ability bailed him out at times. You know, yeah, and, and he played He played for a team that people really didn't – we always talk about the Chargers. People just don't care that much. Yeah. You, you know, but he you, had Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter yeah. Henry, Austin Eckler. Those are some oh, – yeah. Good, good players. So. Yeah, and if and if that's an East Coast team, you know they may be ridiculing him because oh, he didn't win enough. But for the Chargers, <laughs> it's just how did Philip Rivers lived by that for twenty years. Yeah. There, um, you know, he could have a down year, no big deal as long as he put up the stats. I don't know if San Francisco will be that way. Uh, once again, you know, Stuart Brooking, he's not sure that whoever San Francisco draft starts. I think that. I agree with that though. Oh, do you? Okay. What do you, so, what do you think about that? I. I think if you're trading up, unless you've saw something from one of these guys that you know, so I guess it goes two ways. If you trade up to number three and you're going to take quarterback, that tells me that you absolutely know that whoever you take is a Hall of Famer. Uh, I know people think I'm crazy for saying this, but if you mm -hmm. think about it, if you get drafted in the top of your draft class, they're saying you're a Hall of Famer. I mean, that that's only saying that one or two guys from each class go to the Hall of Fame. That's kind of the number. So – you're if you're not a Hall of Famer, you're potential. And then so then I think, are you gonna let that guy sit? And and I, I don't know if they have that patience now to to trade up. I know they didn't give a lot to trade up, so I guess that skews it a little. Um I, I don't I don't know. I think that I think whoever they draft, they plan on being the starter by week five, week four. I really do. And I think they can. I think you can teach a guy enough in a couple a couple months uh, to get him in there, especially especially how talented the guys at the top are. I, I, yeah, so I do. I do think that they're gonna. I think they're gonna start ten games next year at least. Uh, whoever San Francisco. Yeah, I can. I can. Okay, I agree with that. I do definitely see ten. I can see the midseason transition with the team yeah. flipping. But yeah. one thing I do want to say about this Go ahead. trade up with San Fran. The reason, one of the reasons why I feel like it's Lance or Fields is because, you know, they heard all the noise about the Jets going Zach Wilson. And this happened the same day as Pro Day, if I'm not mistaken. So I think the Jets kind of let it be known that they were sold on Wilson. And I think yeah. the only yeah. reason why they traded up is because they know their guy's going to be there. And yeah, I feel yeah. in Mac Jones, I feel like he, he had a great season in Alabama. Don't get me wrong, perfect season. But yeah. I think he was going to be there at 10. Or uh, they're to pick twelve, but no, the teams at ten and eleven didn't need quarterbacks. So yeah, I don't think either. Like the only reason I see them trading up is for one of those two guys. 
yeah, I don't think you trade up to get Mac Jones. I, I, I just once again, we're I know this is becoming the Mac Jones show, but he's I, from Jacksonville as well, so I want him to succeed. I yeah, I hope, I hope they all do. I'm, I'm with you. I hope they all do. I just don't know if you trade up to three to get Mac Jones. I think, yeah. and he he did have a fantastic season. And I thought the same thing about Burrow last year. Once again, I knew he would go one. I don't necessarily know that what he did at LSU translates for you know 15 years in the NFL. We'll see. He, he started off great, got hurt. We'll find out. But um, I just uh, I, I don't know. I guess you know you said it best. It's a perfect situation at a perfect time. So let's talk a little bit about, about Kellen Mond here. Uh, you got him at seven. Uh, a lot of guys you know, even have him off the board. But then I've heard other guys, they're they're jumping him up to, I don't know, this guy could be fourth and, you know, giving a lot of credit to everything he did. I only watched a few of his games. As a college quarterback, I really enjoyed him. You know, he did his thing. As an NFL prospect, I really didn't think much of it. I'll be honest with you. When I was watching these games, it didn't jump off the screen. But I never discount, you know, anybody. I won't sit here and act like I watched you know, every Texas A&M game for four years. What do you think about Kellen Mond? I mean, you got him above Trask, who's a guy that I did watch. So, obviously, you must have a reasoning for for having him at seven instead of maybe even off the list. Yeah, I, I like uh, his – you know, he's had a lot of starts. He's had a lot of work. Um, he, he's had 93 total touchdowns over four years. He played a little bit his freshman year uh, battling with Nick Starkle. But when Jimbo Fisher came, I feel like he really developed – Without Jimbo Fisher, I think he's not even considered a, a pro, a quarterback prospect. You know, that pro style system fits well for the next level. I know Jimbo Fisher's quarterbacks haven't had the best success. You know, Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel, Jameis for now. But I think he, you know, he has some traits to translate as well with the modern NFL era. He can run. He can sling it. Uh, he's He's gotten more accurate as time has gone along. So I think that's going to translate as well. And that system will bode well for him. But I mean, it's not. I'm just not the biggest fan of Kyle Trask. That's one of the reasons why I have him at um, Texas A&M. I think he was more of a product of who he was playing with because you know, I, if you watch that bowl game, he struggled very. Uh, he struggled a lot. So yes, bad. You never, yeah, you never know. But I'm just. I'm a. I think Kellen Mond for him, he can't. He can't thrive anywhere if he doesn't go to like a perfect spot. He's one of those guys that can't. I, I don't think he'll thrive. So before before we we'll get before we get to the two headed monster of Lawrence and Fields here, I ask you one more thing. We we brought up Jones and Mills. I, am I I kind of think that in the perfect situation, uh, Kellen Mond could have a better chance to with a, a better career than some of the other guys on the list. Like we talked about Jones or or Mills or Trask, especially uh, maybe you know slides into a perfect situation for a decent team. You know whatever their guy. Guy gets hurt. <laughs> Hopefully, if he goes to whatever team uh, that uh, Tyrod Taylor's on, he's going to start in like game two because that guy's got the worst luck in NFL history. And then also, yeah, you know, you have a guy, you know, with Kellen. We saw it with Gardner Minshew. I mean, how many games did you see with Minshew? Like he kind of just fell into that duty and played really, really well. And as to where if things go perfectly, maybe he doesn't ever get a shot to play. So I think Mon being the veteran and with all the experience could accidentally wind up being a, you know, have a nice little career. That's, that's, you know, hope so. But once again, if you got, let's say in theory, we think that Lawrence and Fields are no brainers. Now <laughs> you got to start picking from the list of who's not going to make it because it's, it's just a fact that four and five quarterbacks aren't going to make it, you know, uh, from this list, which is, which is crazy with all this talent. And uh, personally, I don't think next year's, 
near as good as this one. Um, but yeah. one thing we can say every year, there's like people that slip up. Like we might say that next year's draft class won't be good, but there's going to be one guy that comes out. Oh, Joe, Burrow, Joe Burrow from two years ago and Mac Jones from this year. Like they weren't even considered yep. day one or day two guys maybe. And now they're top 10 picks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if uh, you know, if Tua doesn't leave early, Mac Jones may <laughs> he may transfer. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It's uh, it, it is a matter of circumstance. Uh, Joe Burrow stays at Ohio State. There's no way he winds up being the number one pick in the draft. Even if he he's no, there's no way you can re recreate that season that he had at LSU. So sometimes yeah. it's being you know Zach Wilson. I think he had a little bit of that this year. Who knows if. If um, you know the schedule's different and things like that, if we're talking about Zach Wilson the same way we are, it's I think Fields and Lawrence were were locked in. I don't think it mattered what they really did. Apparently, Fields it mattered more than others. So, so uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. So I'll get your thoughts on the Justin Fields drama first, and then the newest thing is the Trevor Lawrence. I don't even know what we call it. We'll call it drama, but to me, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, you know, we went back and forth. You guys did a show. You talked about the Justin Fields. I did an entire show talking about the Justin Fields situation to where they essentially questioned his um, his professionalism, his dedication, um, just, just in general, kind of for people that didn't get to watch your show, just kind of give us your thoughts on that whole Justin Fields debacle with uh, – Olofsky. I definitely don't agree with it. I know he uh, double backed on that statement, he, but I just don't agree with it. You know, him being the first, uh, last guy in, first guy out, definitely don't agree with that. He went vegan, so he, for one, he cares about his body. Uh, he got on, what, Good Morning America or something to talk about the Big Ten season, so he yeah. obviously cares. He wanted to play. Uh, he cares about the game. They talked about him being a one-read guy, uh, non-anticipatory thrower. Uh, he waits for guys to come open, you know, stuff like that. Uh, it's just it's, – it's not true to me. You know, his, they said his pocket awareness is not good either. I, I just don't agree with it, you know. For yeah. two years – in two years, he lost two to three games maybe. You know, he put on it's flawless cool. performances. <laughs> you know, at times I did – didn't like his ball placement. Like some of the – on the fade route, some of the guys had to come back to the ball, jump ball, but – you know, when you trust your guys, you'll just put it anywhere for them to get it. But I think a lot of his stuff translates. He's a freak of an athlete with a strong arm. He's accurate when needed to be. There was a bunch of games. You're Ohio State guy, so you watch all his games where he'd be 24 for 26 for like 340 <laughs> yards and four touchdowns. Just looks like he's out there playing seven on seven. So, uh, you know, I just – I don't agree with any of it, and I think he's going to prove them all wrong. You know, he hears all the noise and all those – all those traits they say he lacks are not true. And especially him, his anticipatory skills can only get better, you know, uh, from him right. trusting the receivers and working with his receivers and pocket awareness too. And the one thing, one of the things I think in the quarterback you can't change, which is accuracy for the most part, he already has. So I think all those traits that he lacks are all fixable for the most part. And he's already, he's not, he's not that far off, you know, he's not, it's not that bad with those traits. So I think he's going to, you know, take off at the next level, especially with Shanahan. Yeah, it got a little, it got a little blown out of proportion. All that stuff. Once again, go back. You guys can go back and listen to my show, or go listen to what the game means to me. Show we, we kind of went in on it. it was ridiculous. Uh, I think we both agree that it was more about the guys in the media creating content than it really was about Justin Fields at all. Uh, I've watched, I watched the guy play every game, even the games at Florida. You know, he plays in the pocket as the pockets collapse, and it. 
it's yeah, he's 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 got it all. There's there's no doubt about it. So um, we'll get to we got a good we got a good question from Stewart coming up. We'll cover that here in just a second. So let's talk about the newest fake controversy. So essentially, I don't have the quote in front of me, but a few days ago, Justin Lawrence basically says, you know, football is not everything. Like I've got, I do other things in my life. And so then the, <laughs> the media had to spend what two days discussing whether Trevor Lawrence likes to play football, loves football, and all these questions about his dedication. And then Lawrence has to come out with a, you know, to clear things up, you know, tweets and press, you know, statements saying, no, I really like football. He has to even go too far to say, I might like it more than anybody, which we all know is, you know, that's always something they just have to say, yeah. but uh, he has to come out and defend himself. After you said it earlier, the guy, the three amazing years he put in at Clemson, not to mention his high, one of the best high school careers we've ever seen. Uh, and then now all of a sudden he has to defend whether he <laughs> wants to play football or not. Um, you're the first person I've got to talk to about this. What, what, what do you, what do you think about this? I don't even know what you call it. BS, I guess. What you call uh, it. BS is the word. <laughs> not, it's not right. Like why? Because he's, you know, football's not everything to everybody. Other guys have other hobbies, but he's shown, he's never shown that he doesn't want to play football at an elite level, that he doesn't care about the game, that he lacks the competitive nature you need to succeed. And like he said, he's never felt like he's had to have a chip on his shoulder because literally I, I've lived in Georgia since I was five. I've known about him. Uh, he's been the number one guy since eighth grade. So yeah. like, what is he? And he's never fallen off. Nobody's ever taken his spot. So he obviously has the worth ethic and the drive to, you know, succeed. <laughs> yeah. And I just feel like they're like, just because he's a relaxed guy, they might not like his personality. You know, he's laid back, but he gets the job done and he's got it done ever since he's been playing football. So I just disagree with it. And I hope some GMs that I heard there are some GMs that that are, you know, shaking, scratching their heads. I just hope Shad Khan and our management's not shaking our heads. Because I don't even know about that. There is no chance it feels not the best. There's all, I mean, guys have, I mean, you know, let's just say what it is. I mean, these guys come in, it's a job, and they're not just millionaires. They're, they can do whatever they want. And, um, you know, I'm not, I don't ever, I don't talk about somebody's money, but I'm just saying these guys have the opportunity to do whatever they want with their life. They can afford to. It, it, those two things aren't connected. Uh, Trevor Lawrence can do a ton of things off the field and still be, dedicated in the in the film room and when he's covering the playbook and stuff i thought second to the justin fields bs this was ridiculous um you know i i understand he was i think he was trying to just say that you know there's more <laughs> that he's a well-rounded guy you know what i mean and it came off as he's not dedicated to football which I don't know. I just think that's insane um you know aaron Rodgers is out here hosting jeopardy does anybody think that he's not going to show up to play next year. Yeah. I just, this, I said it earlier. I said, this is this kind of content that they put out is geared towards, you know, your, your 40 year old ex high school football players who <laughs> swear that, you, you know, Oh, you know, if that was me, I would no, you wouldn't. If somebody gave yeah. you $30 million, you know, in July, you would, uh, you would buy a yacht and you would enjoy your life. Like everybody else is entitled to, uh, and he said in the interview, I mean, in the Sports Illustrated interview, that he wanted to be the greatest to ever do it. So yeah, of course he does. You don't, you don't have to say it. You don't even have to say it. Like he, he lets his actions. You know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the guy's got nothing to prove. He's done everything. 
all I mean, I would just ask anybody, just just watch his freshman season of football. That's all I need to know about Trevor Lawrence. It's an amazing what he did. Obviously, you know, you've known about him longer than you know than I have. And yeah, you know, it's kind of so you got a unique perspective that him and Fields, you know, that they were they literally I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh talk about that really. Yeah, let's they do it. We have the same trainer, uh Coach Ron Veal. They I don't think they've ever trained together, but they've had the same trainer since like seventh grade in Roswell, Georgia. And they were one and two in high school. It's just kind of crazy how that works out. I think they're friends, but they can't train together because they know they kind of oh. know what it is that competitiveness. Yeah. And I don't and think them, they ever train together. And then you know, then they go, you know, one and one against each other in college. Like everything, just it's crazy. It, it's really too perfect to be true. Always beat them the first time, feels beat them the second time. It's it's kind of crazy. No, it, it's it's fantastic. I hope it keeps. I hope it keeps that way. I'd love to. See, I mean, essentially, I'll I'll go ahead and say it. This this is, could be like the magic bird, you know, rivalry, you know, through through the NFL. It it could be great. You know what I mean? Uh, I hope it works out that way. I hope they both get in a good situation. I don't think either one of them. I don't think it'll be either one of them's fault. If if it doesn't go right, let's agree with that. Especially with the Jaguars, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I think they're I think they're can't miss can't miss guys. Um, we got a question here from Stewart. We'll get back to real quick, and then we'll move on to some NFL stuff here. Uh, here we go. So we don't have them on the list. So Stewart's asking about Jamie Newman, who opted out this year at uh, Georgia. Uh, he transferred there from Wake Forest. But didn't didn't play, and, and we understood a lot of guys didn't play last year. And then he's got a guy on here, Ian Book from Notre Dame. He likes a lot. He thinks he's going to be a a long time NFL spot guy, you know, in and out of the lineup or whatever. Do you have any thoughts on either one of either one of these guys? From my list, this might be controversial. I have Jamie Newman. I'm going to talk about him first. I have him yeah. nine. I like his season to Wake Forest. The season before was very good, and I think yeah. he hurt himself by not playing at Georgia. Uh, but you know, you had to make a business decision, and Ian Book. I agree with Stewart, but I have him going like maybe sixth, seventh round, maybe even undrafted. But I do agree he'll be a spot guy, like a guy oh, really? that for maybe seven to, you know, seven to nine years is good, but he'll always be a backup. And my 10th guy on that list, I don't, I don't, it's kind of questionable because he ne- he didn't play very well at the college level. But I think Felipe Franks might have a, oh, a wow, yeah, prospect. He, but he didn't put, the best film on tape, but you know, I think he has a, a small shot, and he has all the tools. So. Yeah, his athletic ability is off the charts. I he I felt bad. For him. For arm, so. I felt bad for him when he got hurt. Um, you know yeah. that that was a that was a bad that was a bad break. I kind of in, uh, in disguise for Trask. So. Yeah, his his good is really good. If that makes any sense, like he's got a high ceiling. Yeah. I think um, that, that's a good. He had a, he had a pretty nice year at Arkansas, and Arkansas is not the they're not that team's not stacked and. You know, he he fought through some games and got him some wins that I don't think they yeah. would have had. Newman is a Newman is a great one. I mean, he could come out of nowhere. He's a guy that's going to have to fight for his next contract, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. He's a young kid. I mean, and uh, but his upside is huge too. Uh, really physically gifted. Um, that's that's a good point about that. Uh, Book, he's one of those guys on my list, and honestly, I put him and in, in you know Mac Jones or Trask all in the same kind of package of like if you're if you're fighting to be a backup and bounce around the league, I hope you do as far as, you know, your, your future and your professional life. I, I just don't really have a lot of care for that. There's a lot of those guys. I worry more about who can, you know, who, who can get, win me a playoff game. So I haven't put a lot of thought into, I don't, I'm not as high on book as Stewart is. You guys will talk about that Friday when you do a show. 
Uh, but I, I could be wrong. I could I could be totally wrong. I'm I'm kind of anti Notre Dame, so maybe maybe mm-hmm. that part of it. It's just his his air yards and stuff just aren't near what the top guys are. Like even Trask, uh, Fields, I think that might be number one. But I like guys that are going over the top. But you can dink and dunk in the NFL and win some games. So I'm not saying I'm not yeah I'm not saying there's not a spot for him. I, I'm really not. So uh, all right. So that that was a college edition. Uh, that that was really cool. I think we could talk you know Fields and Lawrence for days on this show. Yeah. And I've done it. I want to get some of the get your thoughts on some of the NFL stuff uh, real quick here. Let me let me change my banner here. So let's uh, let's first talk about. I ran a few of these past you. We want to talk about some of the new quarterbacks that moved. And what made me think of this is we'll start with Sam Darnold. So Sam Darnold gets traded to Carolina and then it's his his fourth year coming up, which is important because the fifth year is the option year. So your fourth year as a rookie quarterback is a big deal for, for your next contract. And uh, all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh, he got out of New York. It's, it's all their fault. He didn't have any help. He's going to go to Carolina and flourish. And I'm going to give you my opinion on, you know, blame for young quarterbacks. So everybody automatically says, well, Darnold didn't have anybody to work with. And I'm like, well, you would think that because also if a quarterback can't get the ball to a guy, he's not going to have a good season. Who? Let's not, outside of scouts, none of us really watched the game to see if a, if a wide receiver got open and didn't get the ball thrown to him. You know what I mean? So we don't really know how good receivers are if they don't get the ball. So to me, I think, Darnold's getting off kind of easy. They're blaming, you know, Gase and the Jets and all that. And then now they think he's going to be a superstar in Carolina. So what's your thoughts on Sam Darnold? I think he's a very gifted quarterback with a lot of potential. He just needs to refine some stuff. And I think this is the perfect situation. I want to talk about that a little bit because I think it's crazy. Some people are saying the Panthers might go quarterback. I don't see that happening at all. And I think uh, for Sam Darnold to get traded to Carolina with Matt Rule and Joe Brady is a great spot. You saw what he did. (laughs) <laughs> with Joe Burrow in college, um, Teddy Bridgewater didn't do the best, but Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson had career years in his system. So that's and a he's good point. System weapons too. You know, Curtis, I mean, not Curtis Samuel, uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson will still be there. And CMC basically kind of had the year off. So he'll be fresh and ready to go. And I'm, I honestly, I believe he's going to thrive. You know, uh, that team, they went all defense last year and they played well. They, even though they won only like six or seven games, they're very competitive. And I feel like this is this is a great spot for him. I think he just needs to, you know, he's very wild, and that's what um, Matt Matt Rule likes, though. You know, Teddy Bridgewater was one of those guys that would check down the ball. Sam Darnold's going to take those chances and go over the top, which that's Matt a good. Rule likes. You just need to his decision making needs to get a little bit better, but I think he's going to thrive. I'm one of those Sam Darnold believers. Okay, up for success. Yes, yeah, and I'm I love Teddy Bridgewater, so just. To touch on that real quick, I think that that was a bad fit for Teddy. He absolutely had to go there and take the money, and he earned it. But it was I, – I never thought that was a good fit for Bridgewater for everything that you just said. He's a – you know, he's kind of a dink and dunk guy. You know, get keep keep things in front of him. But he got wins that way. Uh, you know, he's, he's a limited. He's a limited quarterback, and he gets the most out of it. And I thought that was a bad situation for him. But that's a great point you brought up about – you know, you got Curtis Samuel paid. I can say that uh, running back from Ohio State. Such a good point. I don't know if I. I think Darnold's talented. I think that people, my opinion, I I think a lot of people get caught up and he's got three or four highlights, especially the throw against San Francisco, to where, you know, it his potential is still there, and he's a young guy. Once again, I root for all these guys. I don't root against them, but uh, 
I don't know if I I don't know if I believe that everything was the Jets' fault. We'll see because I kind of like Carolina, so I, I hope it works out. So, how about what about Carson Wentz? Um, what what do you how do you feel about Carson Wentz? That's another guy that's kind of polarizing. Um, two years ago, if you'd asked me, I'd have said he's going to be the best quarterback in the NFL for five years, and then now I'm I don't know if I still believe that. So, what do you what do you think about the Carson Wentz situation in Indianapolis? I hate to say it, man. I'm two for two in this. This is another guy that I believe in. I hate to say it because I'm a Jags fan, but him going <laughs> to the Colts will be – I think it will be kind of dangerous. You know, him reconnecting with Frank Wright. Uh, they were together in 2017, and you saw what he did, 33 TDs in 13 games. He's going to thrive, man. They have everything that he didn't have in Philly, too. Uh, they had a good old line in Philly, but they stayed on the injury report. And, you know, in Indy, their old line is dominant with Quentin Nelson. And, and yeah. Uh, they have a great run game with Jonathan Taylor, and they have – some decent young playmakers, you know, Paris Campbell, your guy, uh, yep. Michael, Michael Pittman from USC, and they brought T.Y. back. So I, I think if he can, you know, get him back, to, back into that 2017 form, it could be dangerous. And I think the reason with Carson Wentz, I think the talent is still there. He has all the traits. I just think in Philly he lost his confidence. It started when he got hurt. Foles won the Super Bowl. That was my Bowl. next question. I'm glad you covered that. Yeah, the Foles win the Super Bowl, the statue he had. Every time he pulled into the building, he saw the statue outside. Then they draft a quarterback in the second round, which you don't see teams do if they believe in their quarterback. So his confidence <laughs> was just all over the play, and it reflected on the field. That, so, that's, a, that's a good point to bring up. And, and Indy's a great place to play. It's it's not – Indy loves their football, but they also love their players. And they don't they, – they won't turn on him. They'll support him. And if he's playing good, they'll, they'll stand behind him. And – not everybody's cut out like Tom Brady. Tom Brady's an assassin. He can play anywhere at any time. You know, it's not every guy's made that way. Apparently, you know, Carson Wentz has some rabbit ears. Let's just be honest about it. And and that's fine. And he's probably just a, an emotional guy and he cares. He's he's just made a different way. And the indie fans will support him and they will be behind him. And he I don't think he'll have to worry about his job day in and day out as to where Philly, as soon as Foles wins that Super Bowl, I mean, Carson Wentz's fate was sealed. It really was. And nobody in this on this planet except for Philly fans thinks that Foles is a better quarterback. But Trust me, I believe 100%. Yeah, so I think that Indy is a, a perfect spot for him. He can kind of blend in. He's perfect for that area. I know a lot of Indy fans are several on the network, and I really think that uh, I really think it's gonna be a comfortable spot for him. So uh, let's talk about Matt, Matthew Stafford going to the Rams. I'm on record. I've always been a Stafford fan, and I know I can see why people wouldn't be because they think you know might be a lot of empty empty uh, stats. Uh, just from watching him over the years, I just think he's great. And he's a guy that I think actually was in a bad situation for what? It's been 10, 12 years now. Um, he may set, he may accidentally set every NFL record for quarterbacks. But, um, and when he goes to the Rams, the Rams prove that they're set, their defense is set, their offense is good. Uh, McVay's a good coach. I think this is the best situation outside of maybe Brady going to the, probably better than Brady going to the Buccaneers last year. I think this situation is just awesome for a quarterback to get traded into that still has – he's still in the prime of his career. He's played a long time, but he was young when he came in. I think Stafford is a no-brainer here, and I think he's going to have one of the best seasons in the league. What do you think about Matthew Stafford to the Rams? I've always been a fan. This is UGA days, you know. Oh, of course, yeah. He's always he's – Is he always from that area? Is he Is he from down south? I'm not uh, sure. Texas. 
Oh, is he Texas guy? Oh, that makes sense. I think every quarterback's from Texas. My goodness. How do you get out of a high state? We get all the Texas quarterbacks. Anyway, I have no idea. Mark Rick at the time had Georgia rolling, but uh, oh, yeah. he was, he's always been, I've always felt like he's been a good quarterback. He just another guy that's been in a, a bad situation. That's why, you know, Calvin Johnson had enough of it. He's like, it's not a winning organization. He just said, I, if you're not going to train me, I'm done. Uh, so they finally let him go, which is good for him. He just, He's never been set up for success when he's had he's had a decent running game maybe once or twice, but his defense has never been top tier. Uh, so he just never had help going to the Rams. To answer your question that you wrote in the notes, I do think he makes them a way better team, but not top four. Not I, yeah, I did. So everybody does uh, ask that if, if he made the Rams a top four team, which is essentially be a conference champion. So I don't not quite good enough. You know, their defense is rocking. They did lose John Johnson in uh, was Troy Hill, the slot corner, which yeah. he made a lot of plays last That's year. Huge. But, That's huge. But I think they're going to be a good team. That defense, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey covers half the field. Sean McVay, he got the best out of Jared Goff. He made Jared Goff better than what he really is, I think. And with a quarterback like Matthew Stafford, I think their offense will take off. I think they need a little more weapons. I know they lost Gerald Everett but and Josh Reynolds, but uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Tyler Higby will be pretty decent, but I, I don't know. I think he'll make them better, though, like. Jared yeah. Goff needed really good weapons. Matthew Stafford can deal with average weapons and make them better. But even though Cooper Cup's better than average to me, but I think he's going to take off. He's slightly time. better than average, de decent receiver. But what's good about wide receiver situation, they could draft a receiver. I mean, they draft very well too. you can draft an 800-yard receiver in this draft in the fourth round, in all honesty. Uh, you can free agents. I mean, guys on practice squads, they're, they're receiver – if, if that's the one place where you got to upgrade, your team's in pretty good shape because it's just right now in football, there's just an overabundance. You don't want to you don't want to be looking for a starting corner or you know offensive lineman, uh, running backs for dime a dozen receivers. You can you can pick up quality receivers, especially with Stafford because he knows how to get a lot out of a receiver because he can make every throw. We talked about that earlier that 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 Darnold the advantage he has in Carolina, he can make every throw. So Stafford, whatever type of receiver you get, if you can get open, he can get you the ball from anywhere on the field, just like Aaron Rodgers does in Green Bay. And I think that's huge. Um, I think that those those two are probably closer talent-wise than than people think, and I hope I'm right about that. No, you're 100% right. They, yeah. it, he's never won, and people don't watch the lines like that, so they don't know. he All those type of throws, those cross-body throws, those uh, no-look throws, all that, he can, he can do it all. Yeah, yeah, he's he's amazing. I'm I'm a big fan of his, and I hope and I, I like the Rams too. I just like the way they're built, um, and I like quality teams. The more the more we have, the better. So then we'll piggyback on that real quick. What happens to golf? I guess the question I'm asking here is, how much better do you think Stafford is than golf? What happens to golf in Detroit? Is I'm worried about him, man. I think they'll see the difference. You know, uh, the reason why the Rams lose some games next year won't be because of the quarterback play, which was, oh, there you go. was the case. You know, he golf wasn't terrible, but he just didn't live up to being a number one pick. But I think he struggles in Detroit. He doesn't have any weapons. Galladay and Marvin Jones are both gone. That's why in our mock draft, I had them taking a receiver, whichever one's left Pitts, Chase or Smith. They got to take one. Yeah, but I think he's going to struggle. You know, uh, like I said before, uh, Sean McVay got the best out of Jared Goff. Yeah, and he doesn't have him anymore. He's he's going to Dan Campbell, which is a he's a you know he's more of a hype guy. He's a defensive minded head coach. Yeah. So he needs a yeah him having having an offensive minded coach really helped him out, and I think he's going to struggle without that guy. You know, in his ear, uh, that system really really helped him out.
Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Stewart. Um, and I've always said every quarterback is a system quarterback. Uh, golf benefited from where he was more than about anybody in the league. My opinion is that I'm with you. We're going to find out exactly – I guess we'll find out exactly how good a coach McVay is because there's no – there's nothing he can't do now with his offense. Like Matthew Stafford can do anything he wants. Um, it should get a lot better, and I predict that golf will have a tough – a tough, tough go. I'm kind of rooting for the guy because it'd be cool to see him play really well and say, you know, see, here you go. Either way, uh, financially, he's fine after that after that contract uh, that he yeah. signed. After, he's you know, yeah. Any, hey, here's the fact of the matter is golf's been to a Super Bowl. That is, I mean, at some point, you got to look at winning. Golf did what it took to go to Super Bowl and could have won it. I mean, he, he was, didn't the, play well, though. That was, yeah, like he was the reason they didn't win it. Imagine Matthew Stafford playing in oh, that, oh, that game. They, yeah. yeah, the Rams were the better team on the field, but they they were one missing one player, and unfortunately, you know that's 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 football now. Um, all right, so we'll move on uh, to the the next question I gave you. Is there a quarterback in the NFL right now? You know, more than likely it's going to be a young guy, or maybe somebody somebody's not thinking of that next year is going to become a superstar. Superstar, sorry, kind of like what we saw. Uh, um, Shoot, I forgot his name. Josh. Uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, kind of like what we saw Josh Allen do in Buffalo. Take that leap to superstar status. Anybody you got your that uh, you got your eye on? Superstar. That's that's tough to say. I think that I don't grade superstars. Yeah, you don't have to win eight Super Bowls. So I guess I mean a player that can go from maybe we don't know how good he is to he puts his team in a conference championship. How about that? Okay, I'm going to go two guys. The first one is questionable. I'm, I've already said it. I think Carson Wentz with that roster, he's going to have a, a bounce-back season. I don't know if he's going to be an MVP candidate. He might be. Um, but with that team and that defense, I think he can, you know, have a breakout season uh, with reconnecting with Frank Reich, and they can be right back where they were in Philly. And my second guy, I don't think he's really questionable, you know, before he got hurt last year, he was having a decent rookie season. I think Joe Burrow, if they, if they draft oh. – if they help him, if they give him some more help, the way he was trending, even though they weren't winning, I think you can kind of see when you have a quality QB and there's quality QB play. Uh, everything was good from his accuracy to his pocket presence. He did, wasn't making very many decisions, and he didn't. He was running for his life. So uh, I think if they draft Sewell or if they pair him with Jamar Chase, you guys should watch out for Joe Burrow. That's, I see him that's what I was going to ask you. An underrated pick in the draft. I just <laughs> I get sidetracked here, but real quick, I've noticed that an underrated position this draft is the Cincinnati Bengals. So you kind of just covered that. They can really they have a big decision to make for their future because they're going to have between you know people reaching for wide receivers or taking a quarterback, they're going to have basically they can fill a gap in their roster at at their pick. Um and that's a lot of pressure on that. So you think it's you think it's receiver. I no, think it's I, it's tough because you want to protect protect your investment. Yeah. I don't so you can go Sewell Jamar Chase, if he's what they come, you know, what if he's one of those, maybe a Hall of Fame receiver, uh, a 10,000 yards for a career type guy? You never know. But T. Higgins, you know, you can this like you said, though, the reason why I, I'm OK with them going O-line and skipping out on Chase. There's a lot of good receivers. Like you said, you yeah. can get a decent receiver in the fourth round. And they got T. Higgins with uh, the first pick of the second round last year. Yeah. And he was Joe Burrow's favorite target. So we'll see. So 
I'll, I'll give you one. I'll give you a bonus question here because since you brought it up, you've already touched on it. I saw somewhere the other day, and I can't remember which quote unquote expert had this list. They had their their top five as Lawrence, and then they had Pitts, Waddle, Chase, and Devontae Smith. That four of their top five are receivers. I can't believe that we're at a point in football to where four of the top five guys are receivers that uh, over and this was his top five available over offensive linemen i'm a i'm kind of a you know i in the first round i like to grab a defensive guy that maybe change can change your team i think we saw that with tampa bay in the super bowl that uh you know their linebackers really determined that game and they were you know they were draft picks but I don't think we live in a world. I can't believe we live in a world to where four of the top five guys are receivers. I just that that's a stretch for me. I think Bengals need to go offensive lineman. Um, how do you feel about real quick? I know it's quarterback show. Real quick, how do you feel about the wide receivers? Do you think that? I mean, if if you're saying they're top five talent, do you think they're that good, or are we just getting caught up in these the numbers? I just think this is. I, I don't know. Maybe those the guys at the top are graded very, very high, and that's why they have them there. I don't know about Devontae Smith being in the top five, but Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts, I can I can go with that. Like, Jamar Chase dominated the SEC, and he was yeah, only 19 years old. He was only 19 years old at the time. so And he took yeah. the year off, and he's still in the top four, so that lets you know what scouts think of him. But I don't – like, what happened with Sewell? Sewell was a lot as the number one lineman. And then he started slipping behind Slater, who didn't even play this year. And then he was a lock for the Bengals pick. Now he's not. I don't – I don't really I, know. I, I don't either. The, the guy's done nothing but be the – I mean, he's one of the best players on the field for Oregon. I mean, he jumps – He hasn't done anything to hurt his stock. He hasn't put any film on tape to hurt his stock. So where is that think, I think that it's that that's where we kind of go back to where sometimes you just need a talking point. And then I think when it when it comes up, whatever team is first that needs an offensive lineman's taking him, and I don't think I don't think there's a question about it. Even that that's the thing about drafting – I know we got off topic here, but that's the thing about drafting offensive linemen – is that they can be all right, and there's still there's basically three positions you can move them around, and you can still get an NFL starter even if a guy's not great. As to where a quarterback, if you if he's not good, you can't move him to wide receiver. That's it. There's only one quarterback on the field. If he's not as good as you thought, then you you wasted a pick. So that's why I like guys that can move positions or there's a spot to hide them. You can still get something out of that pick. You the Bengals have to take offensive linemen. It, it, there, there's no question about it. This this whole thing on the receivers, I'm a little like Devontae Smith. Maybe I'll do a wide receiver show. Devontae, <laughs> I don't quite get it. Just sim, I'll, I'll just straight up say, I don't know if 165 pound number one receiver is the future. I, that's just me. I thought um, those hits and stuff. I agree. I just, I agree. It's, tough. it's tough, but I think. And also, you can't draft a guy like, say, they're going to draft Smith. Like, I know a lot of people are saying the Dolphins. Say they draft Smith, you know, a top ten player. You also can't put him in the slot. If you draft a receiver top ten, you have to put him on the outside. And I just think that's a he. He made he made so many plays in college by moving around, and that's kind of Alabama's thing. Like put Devontae Smith into motion, see who's going to cover him. If it's a guy that can't cover him, which is everybody in college <laughs> except maybe some of his teammates, then we'll throw it to him. I don't know if the NFL works that way, so I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to see, you know, it's essentially like drafting a running back top five and then making him a third round running back or a third down running back. So anyway, we got off topic there, but uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what I do here on Jeff. But with this receiver draft being so deep, I think it makes the decision a little earlier to go O-line early. Yes. I, I to me, it's a no brainer. Um, and if you hit on it, this is a 10 year piece at O-line. Is, yeah. 
I say you have a 10-year career. You know? the last thing on the receivers, though. So you believe in Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chaser, I think okay. they won't be busted at all. I don't think. Okay. Kyle Pitts, the only thing – yeah, I don't know. I think he's a mismatch waiting to happen. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't no matter what, yeah. I, yeah, he's a, he's a modern guy. He fits in. I think it depends on the team. You know, everybody – he's not a no-brainer for every team, but any offensive coordinator would be glad to have him and then figure it out. <laughs> give, give me Pitts. There was – Probably mid last season, I had him as my best player in the country. Uh, uh, above, I, I judge players by how good, how much better you are than the next guy. And it, it halfway through the season, I said he's the number my favorite player. It changed just because you know, I, I guess you just talk yourself out of it, just like we talked about with Sewell. And so now I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, wait a minute, six months ago, I thought this guy was the second best player in the country. I can't change my mind now. Um, and this is the perfect time for him to come in. Oh. Like, you know, some got some tight ends are were before their time. Uh, it's this, a great point. This is fitting. This is going to be. This, yes. How the league is going now is going to fit perfectly. And I yes, exactly. Exactly. So before we before we start doing a tight end show, we're gonna get wrapped get wrapped up here. So we talked about the next superstar. So going into next season, um, who is at the end of next year? Who are we going to say was the is the best? quarterback in the NFL? I think this is a no-brainer. I'm going with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Sticking with Patrick. Okay, good. He's he's very hungry. He didn't like how the team, uh, the season ended. He had he got some help. The Chiefs spent money in free agency on O-Lime and they got Joe Tooney and some other guys, so I think he's ready to go. Go ahead. I went back and watched that Super Bowl a couple times. Um, Patrick didn't have his best game, and I know it's off-the-field stuff, but I, I don't I think that that Andy Reid, like what happened with his son that week and stuff, it's not an excuse, but I believe there were some distractions there that it, it, Mahomes just didn't look the same. He was, you know, he had the injury earlier on. Um, I was really hard on him coming off the game because it can, it, things can be your fault and you, that doesn't mean you're a bad player. You know, he didn't have his best game. And he he got outplayed a little bit, but I think some of the things that happened in the month before that kind of took away. Um, I think he's I think he's still the best in the NFL, um, you know, without a doubt. But um, you know, I, I think there's at least there's at least tape to watch to, to question it, which is fun for guys like us. <laughs> you know, we get it we get to debate it and question it. So I don't who uh well I'm gonna ask you this question. No, go ahead. Who would be if not Mahomes? Who would be your guy that you think is going to be the best or second best? Honestly, I think it. I know it's a lot to say. There's a lot of ifs here, but I really think I think I think after the season. So there's two answers here. I know I'm, I'm chickening out. I think Stafford's going to have one of the best seasons because of everything we already talked about with Stafford. But I real I really believe in Dak Prescott. I think that I truly think he's a great quarterback and he knows he he just he knows how to play in the NFL and gets a lot out of his team. I don't think what they did in the early early part of the last season before he got hurt was a fluke. I think those were legitimate numbers he's putting up. And I think with that NFC East as bad as it was, Zach runs runs rough shot over the NFC East. He, they may have ripped off nine wins. Um I just like the way the guy plays. Normally I said Aaron Rodgers for like 10 years, but I think Finally, a step back, maybe. Um, you know, what if they get another receiver? What if they hit on another receiver in the draft? Do you think that helps? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Real quick, I just think about. I don't. I don't want to be wrong saying this. I don't. I think Justin Jefferson was gone before, but what if they hit on somebody like Justin Jefferson in the draft last year? It would have gotten pretty. 
Yes. It would it wouldn't have been fair, I don't think. No, that, that that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, so that's why I said I guess there's two answers to how good your seat like sometimes I watch Rogers play and I'm like, wow, that was amazing. Um I, I didn't give him I didn't give him the hall pass after the NFC championship game like everybody else did. Um I thought there was a little I thought some of that stuff was his fault, quote unquote, his fault. He, I thought he kind of got outside of himself and things like that. But the fact of the matter, I mean, he's still great. You know, the top four. I don't think that, I don't think that uh, Josh Allen is ready for that level. You know, I, I, I still have him down in the bottom of the top 10 or whatever. Um, Wentz could have his seat. Wentz's season is going to be off the charts. Um, but I, I guess if at the end of the next season, if you ask who I want to be on my franchise quarterback, I, I think, I think it might be Prescott, Mahomes, um, those two, probably one of the – who knows, man, Justin Herbert. If he puts back-to-back seasons like that and figures out a way to to shore it up a little bit, we might be talking about that guy as a top three quarterback. For yeah, the, way he just, the way he just came out, like he didn't even know he was starting to go ahead <laughs> with Mahomes like that and look like he belonged. Like he'd been taking first uh, string reps all week in practice. It, that was shocking because there were a lot of – I know – I know you were uh, paying attention to what they were saying about him before the draft. Uh, there weren't a lot of people high on him. I was way down on him. I've publicly apologized to him about eight times last year. Me and Couch Coach Live, every show we did, I was like, I apologize, Justin. I was wrong. I was on the record because, just like I said earlier, if I if I think a guy can't be a, a decent starter, I don't really, I don't really, I don't, I don't, I don't care much more past that. Um, other than that, it's just a job. And I was Herbert. I was a. I was, you know what? I would say I would put him in the Mac Jones category I have this year. It's like, it's scary, I, I, though. You never bothered, I don't want him. I couldn't have been more wrong about Herbert. Like, I watched that Rose Bowl game and everybody went crazy. And I said, all he did was run the ball. Um, I, and that doesn't translate. I was completely wrong. Everything he does translated. And he had a fantastic season. And that's probably the most wrong I've been about a player in a while. But, but that was. It was a lot of people. He even went back for, uh, for another year in college because he didn't think he was ready yeah. yet. So, yeah. uh, it was amazing. Yeah. So I was, you know, everybody tried to tell me. So that's why, you know, that's why some of these guys on your list, um, I, I give them credit. I mean, I could be totally wrong about, again, like I was Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert looks like – so that could be a guy that in, you know, two years we're talking about. I think, you know, I think golf takes a step back. Um, like I said, I think Stafford's going to have a great year. I I, I, I believe that – Maybe. I believe Dak's in a good situation and that everything that happened last year was just one of those. Even Brady missed a year with a knee injury, came back, and he was fine. I mean, it happens all the time. So I I, I do believe in the guy. <laughs> and and regardless, um, you know, he, he's going to be fine when he's when he's sitting in his, his beach house in <laughs> Bora Bora or wherever it is, whatever he's going to do with that contract. That's great. He played that out. He played that out really well. So, uh, all right, man, that wraps it up. Uh, I, I try to try to keep it short for you, but, uh, man, we get to talking quarterbacks. And, oh, good, man. I it's just endless. Yeah, yeah, no, we really appreciate it. You guys, uh, you and Jelani are doing a great job over there at, uh, at on your show. Um, you know, you guys are always thoughtful. You think a little outside the box. It's not just your – it's not your routine show. You know, you dig a little deeper, and you guys you guys are doing a lot of fun. You've invited me on a couple times, and uh, it's a blast to, you know, talk to you guys. You're always prepared and thought out. So, uh, every, you know, that's great, man. I, I, I appreciate you being on that. And then this week you got a show with uh, Stuart Brooking, right, next week? On Friday. Yeah. Friday. Yeah, so, yeah, go, go check that out. Um, we're all members of Off the Ball Network, Off the Ball Network work.com and um 
Uh, things are going really good right now. I'm sure Stuart will take this show. He was here joining us today. He will piggyback on this and have some follow-up questions. He's probably going to grill you on some of them. He's probably going yeah, to disagree on some stuff for sure. Hey, since you were nice to Carson Wentz, he's going to take it easy, man, um, for sure. So, so where can everybody find you on Twitter, Thad? Uh, you can find us at What the Game Means to Me podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, our episodes are loaded on Spotify and Apple Music as well. Well, Apple Podcasts as well, so you can find us there. And then you can follow me on Instagram at that underrated, where we also have What the Game Means to Me podcast as well on Instagram. Awesome, man. So I'll follow us there, and we'll be coming with uh, to you guys with more content on a weekly basis. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, hey, hey, thanks a lot for joining me. Thanks, everybody, that watched. Thanks, everybody, that listened. Um, have a great week, everyone. The draft's coming up. We got more more things coming out. Uh, I think we just I think we just decided Thad's our quarterback guru, so uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to run with that. Have a great week, everybody, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it.